you know, you leave out the country and you come back and you see things differently. Your, your perspective changes. And it is a good, good thing. Um, just before we continue with the service, I, Dr. Bess, I, I am so happy to have you and your family here. Would you mind just coming and greeting our people today? This man married us. He, he officiated our, our wedding, and we love him so much. It's a delight to be here with you and to worship. Pastor Stephen, if I, I lived in this area, I, I would come here. <laughs> Scripture says, a merry heart doeth good like a medicine, and you guys are healthy, healthy, healthy. Oh, there's no gloom, despair, and agony on me. If it weren't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all in this church. It's so good to be here and feel the presence of the Lord. About maybe two months ago, I was praying, and the Lord laid on my heart, Pastor Steve, Pastor Karen, and the children, and so I just asked the Lord to bless them. And so I took out my cell phone and I sent a message to Karen. And I just said, I want you to know that the Lord thinks you're special. And she wrote back to me, a text back to me and said, you know just when to send the right word. I was asked a number of years ago to be the director of admissions and registrar at Central Bible College, and they were having some PR problems. And so the president asked me if I would come and take that position and turn it around where it would have a good reputation among the students. And so I did. And so every time that I had an opening in my office, I would pray and ask the Lord to please give me good people to work for me because you're only as good as the people that work around you. And so I walked in class one day, I had an opening in my office, and I walked in class one day where I was teaching, and I looked over and I saw Karen looking out the window toward the plaza, and the Lord spoke to me and said, she's the one that's to fill the office that you have open. And so after class, I went up to her or I asked to see her after class and I think she thought that she had done something wrong. And so I asked her, I said, well, could I interview you for the position I have in my office? And she said, sure. And so I interviewed her and I hired her. And so Karen, come up here. I want to I want to say something about you. I love your blue shoes. They couldn't find any red. And so I refer to her as my number two daughter. And if you work around college, uh, I'm a counselor, a licensed professional counselor. And so I have a lot of daughters all over the United States and a lot of sons. And Stephen is one of those sons also. And so one of the things that the Lord told me to tell Karen today, and I didn't know how this was going to happen, but it just happened. But this I won't call her a girl because she's still my daughter. This lady, girl, has never been number one in her own life. She has always put other people before herself. When she was in college, she has a younger brother and sister. 
And she was always concerned about them and asking for prayer. Then Stephen came into her life, and she was always asking about Stephen, praying that the Lord would direct him. And she... <laughs> when you have something good, you don't want to share it. And so it was also Rick and Beth, Steve's sister and brother-in-law, concerned about their lives. And then those three babies that she has. And every time I get around her, it's always talking about somebody else. It's the kids here in the school. It's you that she talks about and never her own needs. And the Lord said to me, tell Karen that I am pleased with her and about how she loves other people. This is how your church is going to grow. It is going to grow because when you are concerned about other people, they pick up on that. When you love other people, they pick up on that. Whenever you are treat when you treat them like they are special, they pick up on that. And so, Karen, the Lord wants you to know that you are very special in his eyes. And I want to pray for you that the Lord will anoint you and give you wisdom. Ladies, I went on a pastoral staff, and so the pastor asked me the first thing, uh, first Sunday, do you have anything you want to say to these people? And I said, yes, I want to tell you this. Ladies, if you are in a bad marriage, keep your mouth shut. Because you made a choice, that doesn't make everybody else make a bad choice. So if you're in a good marriage, you talk to the young ladies in the church about how good it is to find a man that will love you, cherish you, honor you, and be the number one person in your life. And so, Karen, you have done that with Stephen ever since the day you were married. And so I want to pray that the Lord will give you wisdom on how to minister to the people. And I know you're Steve's number one fan, and I know that you're his number one helpmate, but I want to pray that the Lord will bless you and give you wisdom on how to help Stephen minister to this church. Will you bow your heads with me? Father, I thank you for Pastor Stephen and for Karen and how they love you and how they want this church to grow. Not, Lord, for their own edification, but for the building of the kingdom to set people free from the disease of sin and from the penalty of sin and for the affects of sin. And, Lord, I pray that you will give Karen an, a special anointing, Lord, one that's beyond her years of, of life. Lord, the one that's beyond her years of studying, that, Lord, you'll give her a word of wisdom and a word of knowledge in those moments that she needs them. Father, thank you for bringing both of them into our lives. And Lord, we pray a blessing over the board of this church and for the wisdom that they will need to handle the growth. For Lord, you do not lie. When you give a word, the word will come true. Heaven and earth will pass away, but your word will stand forever. And Lord, the teachers that will be needed, raise them up, the worship leader, Lord, anoint her as well. Let this church be a light in the midst of darkness. We thank you for it in your strong name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Steve.
That's what I want. I want God to speak. And whatever God says, I want to hear it. We plan and we put together a schedule, an agenda. But if God says, I have something else that I want to do, something else that I want to say, (laughs) please, God, do what you want to do. Say what you want to say. I had a message prepared for today entitled, God Cares, and He does. But you're not hearing that today. I don't know if you'll hear it next week. God began to turn things for me when we were in the Dominican, and He says, I want to say something else. And I said, okay, God, but I didn't even know what that meant and what it looked like. And on the plane ride home yesterday, God nudged me, go get your Bible. He began to share with me what he wanted to share today. But I want to say thank you to this church for your prayers and your support, financial and otherwise. Many of you brought items that we were to take over to the Dominican, and uh, it was just absolutely amazing. This team is actually going to help me preach today. I have a plaque here. They had a farewell ceremony for us. Now, on all the mission trips that I've ever taken, I've never had a farewell party. They, they called it a farewell party, complete with cake. You know, we all like cake, right? But this says something in Spanish that I can't read, but it, I can read it with my heart. <laughs> People come and tell what this says. I think it's really powerful. They even took the time to do our LPC. LP! Thank you. Our LPCC logo is exactly as, as we do it. So it just tells about the, the thought that was put into this. Would you tell everybody what this says? It says, Por su labor misionera, for your missionary labor, en ayuda de los niños del CDI Betania and Cienfuegos Santiago, um, in helping the kids at CDI Betania and Cienfuegos Santiago. Así que, oh, sorry. So that was, um, this plaque is for our help towards the kids. And then there's a scripture verse that says, Así que, hermanos míos amados, so um, that brethren that I love, sed firmes y constantes, be firm and constant, abundando en la obra del Señor siempre, um, to uh, abound in the work of the Lord always, sabiendo que vuestro trabajo en el Señor no es en vano, knowing that your work in the Lord is not in vain. And then it says, Santiago, República Dominicana, 6 de febrero 2014. Santiago, Dominican Republic, February 6, 2014. Isn't that awesome? Really awesome. And you'll notice that we uh, have have medals around our neck. Um, It being the Olympics and all, uh, we medaled over this last week. And uh, it was amazing. It was was such a formal ceremony, but so full of love. and, And they... They put these medals around each of our necks and, and just, we have left a piece of our heart in the Dominican Republic. But there's no void because we took a piece of their heart and in its place. See, that's, that's a great mission trip right there. You leave a little bit of yourself and you take a little bit of them with you. And that's what we've done. Carmen, I want you to come. Uh, she read a scripture and the pastor just absolutely loved the translation that she uses. It, it is the New Living Bible. 
And so then during the service, he called her out spontaneously. She did not know he was going to ask her to read and ask her to come up and read. And I'm just telling you, the anointing of God rested on Carmen. So I want you to read this, but I also want you to take a moment and just tell the people a highlight of the trip for you. So before I read, the highlight of the trip for me is we were painting outside. It was a, a couple ladies, a few of the men had to go out and do other things, but we were painting and it started pouring down rain. Well, water and paint don't mix very well. <laughs> so everyone knew by this time, many days of painting, run into the church. So we ran into the church. And there was this lady that was walking by and she was trembling and shaking. And the pastor's son, his name is Andres, told her, come into the church, come inside the church. It was pouring down rain. So she came in. He came up behind her, spilled paint all over the place, <laughs> all over her legs, everywhere. It went everywhere. Um, so I had a moment with her, and I said, are you all right? And she said, I had a surgery four months ago, and I've had this infection that's not going away. So I said, you want to have a seat? I'll get you water. We're going to take care of you. Someone grabbed her a chair. Someone grabbed her water. And um, Bethania is one of our interpreters. She came up to her and said, do you know Jesus Christ? And she said, I did. I lost faith. And she told her, I had surgery for four months. I've been sick, and I haven't been healed. He hasn't touched me. And she was shaking. I'm not talking about, like, your cold shivers. Like, she was shaking. And um, all the ladies grabbed around her. Brent was there, too. And we laid hands on her and was praying for her. I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't want to. I was like, there's paint on the floor. I got to clean it up. The church floor. So I grabbed this rag, and I felt God saying, wash her feet. And so I was like, well, there's no water. I was in excuse after excuse of why not to. And here comes Andres with a pocket of water. And he lays it right next to me and walks away. Doesn't say a word. So I began to wash her feet. I felt her. She was cold. She definitely lost all faith. And I thought of myself and said, God, I don't want to be like this. I don't want to have seen your hand move. I don't want to have touched your spirit. I don't want to have had your anointing. Christian for 20 years, I've never, ever doubted God. But this lady did. And I said, Lord, I don't want to be like that. I don't want to lose faith in you. And as they were praying for her, she stopped shaking. But she did not change who she was. She felt cold. And she just sat there with her arms crossed. She didn't notice God did a miracle in her at that moment. She just sat there faithless, even though God touched her. Don't ever, church, get to the point where you feel like God can't do anymore. Don't get to the point where you feel like enough is enough. Four months, six years, 13. That's what Bethania told her. Do you remember the woman who bled for 13 years? Did she ever stop? She prayed. And prayed until one day she said, enough is enough. I know Jesus is coming. If I can just touch the hem of his clothes, just a touch is all I need. I don't have to look in his eyes. I don't have to have him. To, I want to touch him. And that's what she said. That's what you need to do. You need to stop and reach out and touch God. So the verse that we prayed, that we read at church was 2 Corinthians 9. And it's 6 through 11. It says, remember this. A farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must each make up your own mind as to how much you should give. 
Don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure, for God loves the person who gives cheerfully. And God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. As the scripture says, godly people give generously to the poor. Their good deeds will never be forgotten. For God is the one who gives seed to the farmer and their bread to eat. In the same way, he will give you many opportunities to do good, and he will produce a great harvest of generosity in you. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you, Carmen. And so the pastor had Carmen read this in preparation for their offering. I've had her read it in preparation for our offering. And I want the ushers to come, and I would like everybody that can to give an offering to God. Uh... I was about to preach after that, and so I was focused on what I would say, and, and just I was, I was in, in thought. And the pastor looked over at me, and he said, you've got to smile when you give because God wants a cheerful giver. And so I smiled immediately, but I, it wasn't that I was unhappy. I was just focused on what I was going to say, and he elbows me. You've got to smile. God loves a cheerful giver. So elbow somebody close to you and tell them, smile when you give today because God loves a cheerful giver giver. God, we thank you that you have blessed us abundantly. And now, God, we bring the tithe into the storehouse. We bring offerings unto you that there would be food in your house, God, and that your plan would be advanced and your kingdom, God, would be developed and built right here at La Palma Christian Center. We ask your blessing, God, on all who participate in Jesus' name. Amen. Keegan put together a great, great video. I don't know if we could get that ready, but as the offering is being taken, Look at a little bit of what happened here.
enjoy. Well, we did have a good time. Uh, we did a lot of hard work. I want to commend this team. I think God definitely hand-selected each one of us to be together. And thank you for your hard work, um, your cooperation, your love, your love for these people. I, I've, I saw growth in each and every one of you. And um, I'm excited to be a part of nurturing that growth. And it's my privilege to do that. So thank you so much. Uh, Debbie, I want you to come. Um, Jerry, I would like you to come. Sertorius, I would like you to come. Um, Rebecca, I want you to come. And Brent. And if you all could just make it short. There's so much that we want to say, and we want to say it. We need to say it. And um, I want you to hear it. So um, if you could just give us a little highlight of, of uh, the trip and, and what ministered to you or a special moment for you on this trip. Um, my special moment for me, excuse my voice, I lost it the day I got there. Um, but it didn't matter because when the anointing came, my voice was clear. And um, we ministered to the women. And um, what we did was, and I think everyone that brought makeup and brought nail polish and um when the women came in we we had a plan and, and pastor said i want to know what you're going to do we had a plan we had a plan but god changed it when we were there and as every woman came in we gave them a necklace and we loved on these women i'm telling you it was amazing and um we gave the word and seven women came to christ and um that's when the pastor says, you know, keep it, the spirit of God, you know. And we started praying, and the tongues would come out, and we kind of hold back a little bit. But God was doing something great. Well, gloves were off the next day, let me tell you. But not only did we pray, and seven women came to Christ, but we prayed for healing. And I remember one woman in particular. She came in, and she was loaded. She was so heavy burdened. And we prayed for salvation, and then she went back to her seat. And God had word for her, and she went back to her seat. And then we prayed for, for healing, and she came right back. But when she came back, she was lighter, you know. And so we prayed for healing over her life. And by the time she left, there was a smile from ear to ear. And I was told later on that she lived out in the dumpsters. And she would dig for food for her family. This is what she did. And we started uh, ministering, and... It was amazing because the women there of that church were awesome women of Christ. I mean, I left half my heart with them. And they, they rallied behind us. We did their hairs. We did their makeup. We did the lips. We did a manicure. We ended up doing pedicures. And these women went back in the bus. They said, I never received a necklace in my life. I've never had my nails done. They can't afford nail polish. And they're... They were tore up. And let me tell you, those nails never got any attention. They had rough hands. But God touched their lives. And they were transformed. And they felt loved for the very first time. And many of them were homeless. And they had no husband. They had nothing. And God just shed his love on those women that day. And not only were they touched, but we were touched. And God did mighty things that day. You know, sometimes we think of things as being insignificant. Well, why are you going to put nail polish on somebody? But it meant the world to them. 
It meant the world to them. They said they look beautiful. They look beautiful. We were going to have a fashion show, but it rained on us. But as they came to receive gift after gift after gift, because that's what it was, um, they were transformed. And we got to witness that with our very own eyes. God started to speak to people's lives. And salvation was so amazing. The people coming to Christ and these women coming together as one. We were not alone. There was a family of women in Christ worshiping and ministering. And it was just an amazing event. And um, I'll forever be touched. Amen. Hand that over to Satorius. And I, let me tell you something. I saw this woman rise to another level of leadership. And I just sat back and watched the hand of God use you in such a powerful way. Everybody was used. Everybody was transformed. But y'all could agree that Debbie really rose to leadership on this trip. And God used her in a powerful powerful way so god bless you the mothers were also astounded that they had uh, several hours without their kids because they don't ever get that so that was another gift to them sotorius did well, you have a good time anything oh, happen <laughs> well, a few things one or two. Uh, it was it was the best thing that i could have ever done i mean when i when i started out on this trip i didn't know what to expect but i said you know what i'm gonna do something different you know i'm gonna i'm gonna get out there and you know i'm not a theologian but i don't need to be in order to uh, understand that God will move when you're uncomfortable, when you're not relying on what you can do and you're natural and you just step out of the boat. And that's when the, that's when the biggest miracles have, can, can happen, when you, when you get out of that comfort zone. And so I went out there not knowing what to expect, and I think it was the first or second day, I, I don't even remember, first day, me and our Debbie was, uh, we were outside painting, painting the wall, that's just what we do. And... Uh, she, some family, a lady and her son came and were just talking to her. You know, I, I understand some Spanish, but I didn't really know what was going on. And, and so all of a sudden, Debbie's like, okay, we need to pray. Let's pray. So we get over there, and it turns out that this kid has had several operations. I mean, he was, he was blind in an eye, and he was mute. I mean, he couldn't, he couldn't talk. When he tried, it would sound like, bleh, bleh, bleh. like he couldn't talk. And so we prayed. We prayed for him. You know, simple prayer of faith. There was no um, thunder, lightning, none of that. And we, we said, God bless you. And we went on our way and we started back to painting. And Dorothea, uh, she didn't know what had just occurred. And she just went up to the kid and was like, hey, you know, God bless you. And the kid said, amen. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And the mom, praise, praise God. And the mom was like, did you hear that? Did you hear that? He just spoke. So that was just one of, the, one of the many miracles that happened out there. Um, one of the things that also touched my heart, and I'll be brief, is just the kids that live out there at the dump. I mean, when we went out there in that area, it was like walking on dog food, basically. It was muddy. It was toxic, dangerous. It was so bad that when we got back home, we, didn't, we had to wash our shoes. We couldn't even walk back in the house. And I noticed a kid walking through as we were just kind of sloshing through this mess, and he was barefoot. And I was just like, wow, wow. It's just the, the need. There's so much of a need, such a great need out there. And I've, I've done homeless ministries. I've preached in missions. I've, I've helped people in need. But I've never seen anything like this on this level. So I'm glad to have been a part of it. Um, these kids are real kids that need to be sponsored. These are real flesh. They're not, just, they're not just pictures on a page. They're human beings that they're living in these, un, these, these unimaginable conditions. And we need to have that compassion to go out there and say, you know what? I'll sponsor you. I'll spo I care enough to sponsor to eat one less cheeseburger a month 
or one less outing with the family. I care enough about your soul and your condition to do that. So, anyway. Amen. Jerry. There was basically two things that really hit me. One was the interdynamics of the body of Christ. There was basically, I think, three different groups of people. And we went over there all focused that we're going to go minister, right? And pastors already shared some of that. But we stayed with one group of Christians that were, they had this compound that ministered to under the Christians. And we were there to sleep and eat and all that. But we ministered to them, and they ministered to us. It just kept flowing back and forth. And then there was the church itself. We were thinking, we're going to go help these people. Sometimes I was wondering who was helping who. Uh, the ministry that we showed them love, they showed us love. And, uh, and so this constant flowing back and forth. But one of the things that struck me first was when we went to the church service. And we came early because they have an early prayer service, and we wanted to be there for that. And there was such a powerful anointing down at the altar. And we're standing in our, sitting in our chairs, and I wanted to go down there right away. But it was such an anointing. But the pastor wasn't there. It was the young people that were praying, basically, and some middle-aged guys. But then we went down there, and we prayed with them. And I says, boy, there is something powerful going on in this church and eventually we found and met this evangelist who will be, I don't know if he's been mentioned now, but he was part of what happened in that church. They had their own Pentecost. They had their own outpouring of the Spirit, and I got very curious of what happened. And he started sharing with me that it would took five years of praying. And this fills in with what God was talking earlier about giving it up, about spending time beyond the ordinary. So I said, first, how long did it take? He said, five years. How many hours a day did you pray? Five, six hours a day. And I know in America, the thing we cherish most is our time. And this man gave up at least five to six hours of his time a day to pray, to cry out to God. And he said, one day he went into the church and he felt like water on his head. And the next thing they knew, people were being filled with the Spirit, left and right. And it spread throughout the entire area. But they did beyond the ordinary. And they got the extraordinary. So it was an awesome experience just to hear this man share. And he's still sharing. God's using him in a mighty way, but he's still paying the extraordinary price. And so he ministered to me. So I praise God for that experience. Amen. Rebecca, tell us what happened. Um, for me, there was so many stories, but the biggest thing is the children. Um, these are people's babies that have no hope, none. And um, it's $40. $40 can change their life. When we did the home visits, um, Carmen and I had to go a little bit further out. Um, we weren't quite to the dump, but when I saw the home, it took everything in me to smile and say, this is a beautiful home, and this is a nice yard, but it was awful. And I got to the bus, and I broke down. I just was sobbing because they had nothing, nothing. And I thought that was the worst of the worst. And, and then we went to the dump. And 
It's nothing you've ever seen before. Nothing. It's piles and piles and piles of garbage. And there was one woman there at the dump that we saw, that we had saw at the women's ministry. And I remember seeing her at the women's ministry and she came and she hugged us and she just kept hugging us and she was smiling and thanking. And I don't speak Spanish, but I knew she was thanking me. And and she was just so sweet. And then when we were walking through the streets of the dump, we saw her and someone called her out of her home and she was so embarrassed, just really embarrassed that she lived there and that we saw her like that. And the pastor's wife, Pastor Victoria told her, we don't care, we love you anyway. And it's just devastating. And I just pray, I just pray that God puts a seed in your heart and and just a piece of love for these people because they're so sweet. When we were on the tour bus going out to, um, we spent a day at a resort just having fun. And on the way there, we pulled over to the side of the road and a lady came out of her house and said, I open up my house to you if you guys need to use the restroom. And like half the bus got off and went and used this, this lady's restroom. And how many people in America would do that to you if you pulled over on the side of the road? They're, they're just wonderful, wonderful people. And they, they need our help. And I just pray that we still have a stack of kids that need support, right? Yes, yes, yes. I brought eight back and already two are gone from the first service. So we have six more kids from this project, this neighborhood that need sponsored. And so if you're interested, you need to see me right away so you can get one of those. Please, please sponsor a child. It, it'll change their life and God will bless you for it. Amen. Thank you, Rebecca. life-changing if it doesn't change your life then something's wrong you you can't go to a place like this and not have it radically change your life and Brent and I have been on many countries to many countries on several trips together but still it changes us we're changed again so so thank you oh my and thank you pastor Jim just for being my friend also for being a great pastor. You guys we have an amazing pastor right here. If you, well, you can see some of the pictures, but that's another reason why to go on some of these trips is to see our pastors in action and their hearts and how much they truly, truly care. It's, it's amazing just to stare them back and just watch how God moves through them and uses them. It's the words don't describe. We always say all the time. We can come back and tell you guys, but the, there's no words that can describe it. I mean, you have to actually experience it. And once you experience it, it'll never leave your heart. There'll always be a little piece of your heart in whichever country you go to for those kids. Um, everybody told stories, so I always wonder why. Am I going on these trips? I mean, I know I feel like I'm called to go on these trips, but I'm not a preacher. I'm not a teacher, really. I just don't, it's just not me right now, I guess. I, whatever God has for me later may change, but I know every time I go, there is 
young boy, a youth, that somehow there's a connection. And same with this time. So my word to the youth that are in here is stay on the right path. Don't go down the path. I went down, did some things in my youth that I shouldn't have done. I, I, did, I drank and I did things I shouldn't have done. So I'm telling you guys that there's no need to do that to have joy. You don't have to go down those paths and party and do those things that your friends are trying to pull you into, that you're at your school, you're seeing going on, all those things. You don't have to do that to have joy, to have peace. You don't. And just take it from an old guy that just stay on that path with Pastor Dave. Let Pastor Dave speak into your life. Go back to your schools and just be the light. When someone's doing something, you just go the other way. You don't get involved in it. And so I know every time that I go, when Pastor Steve asked me if I could do the sports camp, I was like, oh, how do I, you know, I was nervous, right? But once you get there and you're interacting with those kids, they just want to be loved on, you know? So for the youth, you guys need to get involved in these trips, whether it's with Pastor Dave, if he's putting trips together, or these trips, and your lives will be changed forever. I mean, there's no way it can't be. To see my son... Just from a year ago, he wasn't involved in anything, and I'm so proud of you, son. You did a great job. So that's all I have. Thank you. It is very emotional for all of us, and that's how God wants it. But I do want to say to the young people, we had four teenagers go with us, Butler, Keegan, Alexis and Mia, and you four really, really deserve uh, an applause as well. You did great. It was their first time, and they did amazing. Each one, I, it just, we could go on and on, and I don't want to do that. And if you're looking for a three-point sermon, here you go, Isaiah 52.7. Open your Bible. When we left, we were all handed a little bookmark. And this is what God spoke to me on the plane ride home yesterday. Isaiah 52, 7. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of the messenger who announces peace, who brings good news. Somebody say good news. Who brings good news, who announces salvation, who says to Zion, your God reigns. Three thoughts. Number one, your feet were made to go. Think of all the places your feet have led you. Think of all the places your feet have taken you. We've all walked the path of sin. We've all gone the way of the world. But God created our feet to take us to the lost, to take us to the hurting God wants to use your feet to go up on the mountains and to go down into the valleys, to go to the highways and to the byways. Let God use your feet. Your feet were made to go. As your feet go, once you get where God wants to lead your feet, then your mouth should speak. Because, number two, 
Your mouth was made to proclaim. How beautiful upon the mountain. I thought this was interesting, team. Uh, the name of the church was Monte Bonito, beautiful mountain. So we had some beautiful feet up on a beautiful mountain. Maybe you don't think of your feet as beautiful. Got bunions and corns and scaly feet and dry feet and psoriasis on your feet. I don't know. Stinky feet and toenails too long and who knows what all. But when, you, when your feet are taking you to a place that your mouth can then speak, they're beautiful feet. God created our mouths to speak. Think of all the wrong things that you've said. Anybody ever said a lie? Anybody ever told a, a, an untruth? Anybody ever been deceitful with your words? You don't have to confess it. We're fine. God knows we all have. Think of the vulgarity that maybe has come forth from your mouth before you found Christ. Hopefully before you found Christ. God help us if we're still speaking vulgar, speaking inappropriate. Your mouth, isn't, your mouth wasn't made by God to speak inappropriately, church. Your mouth was oh, made and fashioned and formed by God so you could announce, Hello, I need your attention, everyone. I have an announcement to make. And then you speak what God would have you speak. I've come to tell you, God wants to give you peace. Can you imagine? Oh, what a commodity that we need. We need peace. We live in a world of turmoil. We need peace. We are to proclaim God will give you peace. I don't care where you go. Peace preaches. Everybody needs peace. Announcing peace bringing good news. Oh, I like good news. It sure beats the alternative. It sure beats bad news. And everybody's had their fair share of bad news. God wants to use your mouth. God made your mouth so that you can proclaim good news. And don't we have good news to tell? Don't we have good news to proclaim? Don't we have good news to speak to those who, who need it? There's no better news than this. Jesus Christ, God's only son, came into the world, lived his life, gave his life on the cross, died and rose again so that we could know life abundantly and life eternal. That's good news right there. Announcing peace, bringing good news. Jesus saves. Good news. Jesus heals. Good news. Jesus delivers. Dorothea, how old are you? I'm sorry. You don't mind though. She's 69 years young. And I take this woman anywhere around the world. I, in fact, I have taken her several places around the world. She's been to Colombia with me. She's been to Madagascar with me. She's been to Nicaragua with me. Now she went to the Dominican Republic with me. And I take you right here by my side anywhere, sis. She began to announce and proclaim good news to the ladies that day. She said, I want to tell you about a lady that I knew. And she began to unfold her story in the third person like it was somebody else. And she got to the end and she gave the punchline. She said, that lady is me. And I'm telling you, the lady's gas. And I watched them stand in line for Dorothea to lay their, her hands on them. I watched them stand in line for Dorothea to pray with them. 
I watched them stand in line so they could tell their story of being bound and needing to be set free. Why? Because Dorothea used her mouth in the way that God made her mouth. Her mouth was made to proclaim peace and good news. Who announces salvation? It's time we announce salvation because there's plenty lost and they need to be saved. There's no other way to say it, folks. Jesus still saves. We need to announce salvation to the lost and say to Zion, our God reigns. Your feet were made to go. Your mouth was made to speak. And just because you know me so well, now I didn't make this rhyme like I usually do or start with the same letter, but I do have a third point for you. As we do our part, God will do his part. The Lord, number three, the Lord will comfort and redeem. Keep your Bible open and look there at verse number nine. Break forth into joy, sing together. You waste places of Jerusalem. Now, now watch this. For the Lord has comforted his people. The Lord has redeemed Jerusalem. When we do our part and allow God to use our feet to go, allow our mouths to speak, then God will do his part. God will still comfort. God will still redeem. That's his job. You see, we work together with God, don't we? I can't save anybody. But I can tell somebody about God who can. I can't heal anybody, but you better know that I'm going to lay hands on anybody that needs healing because I know God can heal. I've, I've experienced it, and I've seen it firsthand. I've entitled this message, Beautiful Feet. I want the team to come again to the front. And I felt compelled to pray for anybody who would like prayer today for your feet and for your mouth. That your feet would go where God would want you to go. And it would be His will and not yours. And that once God leads you to that place, wherever it might be, that He would give you courage then to say what God wants you to say. I so appreciate, Dr. Best, you saying today, Karen... The Lord wants you to know. And giving us, giving her a thus says the Lord. I went to pray for a little boy who had climbed into Pastor Jim and Cindy's heart and subsequently has climbed into their lives. How old is Christian? He's seven years old and he's blind and so he's really a throwaway you know, in society's mind. But he climbed into their heart and they said, we want to sponsor him. And they said, well, he's not, even, he's not even really eligible. And they kept pressing this One Child Matters organization and they said, is there any way? And you know what? God made a way. And so Christian is now being sponsored by Pastor Jim and Cindy. Amen. Amen. So they wanted to give him a gift. We all came 
those of us who had already sponsored and we knew who we were going to go and see, we came with gifts. They arrived in the Dominican not having sponsored anyone, and so they wanted to go and get a gift, and they did, and they wanted to take it to his home. I just wanted to go and meet Christian. And this kid was sharp as a razor. All the other kids, they sat quietly. They would nod, but they were so shy and could, would hardly talk. They were super thankful, but just shy. Not Christian. I mean, he went like this. Come here, Pastor Jim. He, this is how he gets to know you, see? So he's, he's feeling on Pastor Jim's arm, and he's feeling his hands, and he's getting to know him, right? And then he goes like this. <laughs> and he starts feeling on, on Pastor Jim, and the pastor's wife, what'd she say, a curve of success? Prosperity. Curve of prosperity. <laughs> I'm telling you, this kid just, he, the questions that he would ask were just so different. I mean, he's a thinker. And so they said, well, Pastor Steve, would you pray, would you pray for uh, Christian? And, and, and Christian didn't even know I was in the room. He said, oh, I thought, I thought Pastor Jim was the pastor. We had introduced him as a pastor, right? And so he said, who's the, how do you say it? The primero. He wanted to know who the primary pastor was. He was putting all the pieces of the puzzle together. So we explained to him, I'm the senior pastor and Pastor Jim is an associate. And so I went to pray for him and I just said, Dr. Best, Christian, the Lord wants you to know that he loves you. That's all I'd really planned on saying. But because my mouth was made by God to declare what he wants me to declare, God began to say things to this little boy that I didn't even know he was going to say. And it was such an anointed and powerful word of prophecy over this boy. I don't know that God has ever used me on this level of prophecy. And God showed me, Nikki, he showed me this little boy when he was an adult. And God told this little boy, I have put in you ability and gifting that's packed away, tucked away. And when you grow older, I'm going to pull this out of you. Even though you need healing, I'm going to use you in healing other people. And you will see many, many people receive healing. And also thousands, the word was, thousands of people will come to know Jesus and will be saved as a result of the anointing on this little boy's life as he grows and becomes a man. I told the mother, you must write this down and date it. Tuck it away, and when all this unfolds, you, you visit this again. Our mouths were made to speak what God wants. If you would like this team, there's just such a fire in them. I know we've gone past, but if you need to slip away for lunch, I understand. But we want to take the time just to pray for some of the fire that has been ignited in us and fanned to flame in us. We want to pray with you. We want to pray for your feet, that they would go where God wants you to go. And we want to pray for your mouth, that once you get there, you'll speak what God has you to speak. Everyone standing, if you would like prayer, please come at this time and let us pray for you. Just come right on up to the team. All of them are ready to pray. Every one of them are ready to pray with you. So just come up to any one of them, and they're going to pray with you. Some of them are a little bit afraid. That's all right. They're going to take a deep breath, and they're just going to open their mouths, and they're going to start praying for you. Hallelujah. 